Coming to you from Outright 2020 Live, this is Cece. And I'm Anthony. And this is Lit. Pop. Bang. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, as Cece said in the opening, we are coming to you from Outright this year. It's our annual Outright episode. Yes. Um, of course, because of everything that's going on, it is virtual this year. We're not there. Um, so we're joining it. We're joining Outright's Zoom call um, with some really amazing guests. So you'll be jumping in mid-conversation. Uh, thanks for, for joining us for this special episode and enjoy. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, this is our third year that Outright has asked us to invite us to come host one of their sort of main event feature flagship events for the festival. And we're so honored that they ask us back every year. Um, in the last three years, they've invited us to talk to one of their invited guests. And we infuse like a little bit of the podcast into the event. And then we make the audio of the event available for our episode for that month. Um, so the first year we hosted Michelle T and last year we had Kristen Arnett and this year we're so excited to host this year's conversation. Um, so tonight's gonna be a little different from past festivals for us in that we're handing the entire conversation over to our very close friend Saida Agostini. Saida will guide the conversation with tonight's guest and we'll just pop in after it's done with a few questions and then we'll pull any questions that you the audience may have out of the chat so uh, Dave is going to help us with that. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host for the evening, Cece, who will introduce our amazing host. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, everyone. Welcome for being here. Um, the only thing I think Anthony missed in his fantastic introduction is I don't think we thanked outright, right? I don't think we... Yeah, I was, I was like, I don't think we thanked this fantastic festival that we've been doing for the past three years. And also the fantastic leader, Dave Ring, who has been at the helm of this fantastic organization and also the literary festival. And we're very grateful uh, to him for continuing to include us and also uh, for continuing to put on this fantastic literary festival. So um, as Anthony said, I'm Cece, and I'm here to introduce our uh, fantastic poet, interviewer, friend of mine, um, uh, person I eat cheese with, all kinds of fantastic things. But despite saying all of that, I'm going to read her formal bio and then we'll jump into the conversation. Sayada Agostini is a queer Afro-Guyanese poet whose work explores the ways that Black folks harness mythology to enter the fantastic. Saida's poetry can be found in Barrel House Magazine, the Black Ladies Brunch Collective Anthology, Not Without Our Laughter, and other multiple online and in-print publications. Her first collection of poems, Just Let the Dead In, yay, was a finalist for the Center of African American Poetry and Poetics 2020 Book Prize. Very excited for that. As well as the New Issues Poetry Prize. Her first chapbook is coming out this fall. It's called Entitled Stunt, and it will be released by Neon Hemlock. Akave Khanum graduate and fellow, Asaida has been awarded honors and support for her work by the Watering Hole and Blue Mountain Center, as well as a 2018 Ruby's Grant funding travel to, travel to Guyana to support the completion of her first manuscript. Uh, she lives online at www.saidaagostini.com. She also has an Instagram. I don't know that handle. She can tell it to you herself. And she's also on Twitter as well. Uh, Saida is a good friend. She's a fantastic poet, uh, collective member, and it's an honor for me to present her tonight. So Saida, I'm kicking it off to you. 
Aw, well, thank you so much. Hi, everyone out there in the YouTube and Facebook world. In case you want to find me on the gram, I'm at Prince and the Revolution. I don't know how I got that name, that title, other than the fact that I stole it. But, you know, Prince ain't asked for it back yet, or Prince's people, I should say. Um, I am so, so honored and excited to be here. Um, just to witness all the brilliance of Cece and Anthony, and also to get to give a huge Luther Vandross style <laughs> welcome to the magnificence, the brilliance, and the straight up badassery, or acidity, if you will, of J. Mace III and Lady Dane Figueroa Aditi. Welcome, y'all. Hey, boo. That was hilarious. Because yeah. you know, because you know, Princess people would, if they wanted that name back, they would baby in a heartbeat. Okay. Listen. And I ain't got no money. I got a bag full of gold, and that's about it. They, they, <laughs> they could claim that back in a second, but let's hope they don't do that. All right, so let, let me introduce y'all formally so we could get into, into the meat or the tofu, if you will, of, of today's interview. Um, I'm really, really honored to introduce Jay Mace III. He is a Black trans queer poet and educator based in Seattle. He is the author of Then I Got Fired, One, One Trans Queer's Reflections on Grief, Unemployment, and Inappropriate Jokes About Death, and also the, co -found, the founder, I beg your pardon, of Awkward the first ever trans and queer people of color specific talent agency. He co-edits the Black Trans Prayer Book with Lady Dane Frigoroa Ididi. His latest book, White Folks Be Trippin' in Ethnography Through Poetry and Prose, Ooh, is available <laughs> for purchase via print and ebook. Yes. And now I get to introduce y'all to Dane. Dane, dubbed the ancient jazz priestess of Mother Africa, Lady yes. Dane Figueroa Aditi is a Nigerian-Cuban indigenous American performance artist, author, teacher, choreographer, priestess, speech writer, playwright, writing coach, advocate, healer, a founding member of Force Coalition, and two-time Helen Hayes Award nominee. All right. Well, six now, six times. <laughs> six times. You know, got corrected. All right. She is the founder of the Inanna D Initiatives, which curates, produces, and cultivates events and initiatives designed to center and celebrate the work of transgender, gender, and gender nonconforming artists of color. Considered one of the most prolific artists of our time, she is the first trans woman of color to be nominated for a Helen Hayes Award. She has also co-starred as Patra in the new web series, King Esther, which I'm about to start watching. I'm so excited. And her latest mm -hmm. book, Infrastructure of a Nation, will be released in August 2020. Well, damn, after those bios, I'm like laid out already. Welcome, y'all. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you for, for having, having us. us. Yes. So I just want to frame this, um, and one, thank y'all so much for um, sharing the Black Trans Prayer Book out here in the world. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about it. I'm really excited to hear about y'all's perspective on how you made this beautiful, beautiful being come into life. And I really wanted to just start with the practice that y'all offer, actually, in the book itself. Who are the Black trans elders and ancestors who helped you to get here? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Don't you love it when you're just in shock at your own deepness? Ah! <laughs> you know, 
I feel like there's so many folks, like I think that, um, I think when I go back to even just like in spiritual spaces, I think of uh, Charlene, who was a uh, minister over where I was in Philly, was a black trans minister, who really was the first trans person that I saw um, in a leadership role within a religious tradition and is to me someone that gave me permission to take up more space in my own spiritual discernment. Uh, yeah, so I think she's the number one person that I think about. Thank you. Um, oh my goodness. So many, right? I mean, like we can go back to the 1800s to miss, you know, Mary Jones, Frances Thompson, um, Lucy Anderson Hicks. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, Marsha P. And then, you know, my Auntie Jimmy. Um, you know, all of those, um, all of those Baltimore trans women um, in the 80s who were fierce and would come to the apartment and giggle and laugh and, and live um, fully in their like, you know, womanhood, goddesshood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, divine selves, um, but who, um, you know, who did not make it because of the AIDS crisis. And so um, those women too, right, were, are here, their spirits are here, and their spirits are um, still investing in us, um, not only surviving, but thriving um, and shifting the world. Um, so many, so many, mm -hmm. those are just a few. <laughs> Thank you. I always, um, I always love to start off with something like that because I think they're, the energy shifts, right? Like when we think and like we can remember and honor the folks that have brought us here to this moment. So um, just know how much gratitude I hold for y'all's generosity and grace. Um, and the next question I have actually came straight from Mace, um, who was like, you need to ask this question. What could it be? What could it be? So, you know, when I'm told to do something, uh, I do it. Well, ah! always, not always. Uh, <laughs> but who is this work for? Yeah, who is this like trans for? people. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and so definitively it's for Black trans people. It is for, you know, if other people get something out of it, I think that's great. That's wonderful. You know, the reality is, is something that Dave and I talk about very often is we don't believe that there's any violence that happens to Black trans people that is not in some way informed by the religious violence that is inspired by traditions that cause Black trans people to be dehumanized on a regular basis, right? right. Like it's one thing to say that I don't like you. It's another thing to say that not even my God or my gods like you will accept your presence, right? right. And so regardless of whether or not we ourselves are religious, we are absorbing all this spiritual trauma from all these different people that will dictate our rights and our values, based, like that will dictate what our relationships look like, that will dictate what our family lives look like, that will dictate what our legal and civil civic lives look like, our job lives, all that different stuff. And so we deserve to have spaces to get rid of and heal from the spiritual trauma of that on a daily basis. And so that's what, to me, in my mind, that's what this book is for. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think 
you know, I also, I think it's a, it is also an edification, right, of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. um, because we existed, right? We existed before colonization. We existed before white people. We existed. Um, and we're still existing. We have this hashtag that says um, trans people exist because our ancestors existed. Mm. And so I, I, you know, I think about, <laughs> I think about the work that happened behind the scenes in order to make the book happen. Um, and, it, you know, we are inheritors, um, every Black trans person of a deep and ancient spiritual legacy. Mm -hmm. And the book is, um, it is a call to action. It is a bomb, right? Uh, B-A-L-M. Remember that? They used to say about Jesus. Baby, the bombing. Remember that? Um, I hope that was just enough that y'all don't get sued for you, um, me singing it. Um, <laughs> we'll be out here like, excuse me, Twinkie. I think Twinkie wrote that one. Um, it is, you know, there's so much, um, there's so many things about healing, remembering, um, calls to action, loving, right? And, and, and loving yourself in a very real and tangible way, not just in this way that, you know, white supremacist Christian Abrahamic doctrine says, right? Where you can't learn to love yourself now, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, this, this book is about us recognizing that we are worthy of heaven now. Yes. We are worthy to make an earth that is heaven now. We are worthy of thriving, doing more than surviving. We are worthy of being loved now and cared about and enjoying pleasure and smiling and being in community and mm -hmm. all of ourselves now. So. Yes. so you just came through with a sermon. <laughs> I feel like it's time to pass around the collection plate. I know I'm going to this this week. Again, we are trying to build a documentary out of the book. So if you do want to pass around the time, <laughs> right, right. and thanks to the good Lord of the internet, we do take cash, credit cards, debit cards, PayPal, cash, anything that you got, we will, we will accept today. So just tell your friends, okay? <laughs> yeah. so, so when both of y'all spoke, spoke, and then I think also, Dane, um, I heard this really deeply resonating in your words as well is I feel like both y'all are talking and, and correct me if I'm wrong but like really talking about like a liberation theology right like yes. it's not enough just to promise us the heaven above but we we deserve to have heaven right now right yeah and to me uh, just thinking about that just so this is the first book of its kind that centers a black trans theology in this time in history right so as dane is talking about ancestors we acknowledge that there are ancestors in black trans deities and and people and, and entities that create a pathway for us and so much of that was so intentionally erased from colonization so intentionally erased right. the legal, by the legal system so intentionally erased by so by uh, uh religious leaders that were in collusion <laughs> with white supremacy and right. still to this day are right, right. and so it's to me even when i think about so-called lgbtq affirming religious spaces often many of them are not affirming of black trans people period right there might be affirming of like a cisgender white norm they might be semi-affirming of cisgender black and brown people but they have no sense of what does it mean to have a theology that centers and uplifts black trans people to the point that you might go into a religious institution and ask a religious leader well how am i affirmed by this text 
And they might say something simple like, well, God is love. That is really cute, but that is not good enough because the people that legislate against me every day have a much stronger theology against that. The people that might attack me in the street have a much stronger theology than that. The people that will spend their days hating me and vilifying me in media have a much stronger theology than that. So you have to be intentional with that, with that language. So when we're creating a liberation theology and, and centering this, this black trans liberation theology, we're not simply just doing this in opposition to a lot of the conservative tactics that are used against us, but also sometimes the, the, um, the lack of intentionality, even in spaces that perceive themselves to be on our side, <laughs> that still have not done the work and refuse to do so and refuse to share space, right? That we are carving that space for ourselves with this theology. I love that. And I, and I think for me, that kind of brings up, um, there's so many questions I want to get to. So Celeste, definitely text me if I'm like running over time, because you know, you don't get so gracious, so we'll talk I'm, about that. So just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I have to say, like, so when I got to go to the opening a few weeks ago, I felt that, like, I felt like that urgency of joy and that reclamation of pleasure and like how it just felt so expansive, right? Like, you know, y'all have folks who were reading who were brilliant, but you could also maybe tell they were shy, but wherever they were at, like they were, they were welcomed and not just acknowledged, but honored, right? Yeah. And so one of the things I'm really curious about is if you could tell us a little bit about the process of developing the book and what mm -hmm. that experience was like for y'all. Yeah, so we, um, so one thing that we were very certain of, right, is that we wanted to do a healing retreat that, um, that basically we would have like a week where we would all be together, um, us and um, a few of the contributors, right? Um, and also a part of, I just want to also just add into that, um, into that is that we also wanted to make sure that everything was paid for mm -hmm. so that like i think so often right people have these retreats and well the pre-covid right like before COVID, they people would have these retreats and they're like okay well you know your hotel might be covered but you got to pay for your your airplane ticket and it's like what have you caught an airplane um you know your hotel room might be covered, but you have to pay to get to the venue from the airport, right? Mm -hmm. um, or you have to pay for your own food and you have to take off of work in order to do that, right? So it was really deeply important for us to be intentional from the beginning um, where we also understood that part of that, you know, that religious-based violence that Jay Mace was talking about earlier, that economic violence is a part of that right mm -hmm. like the economic violence that that black trans people face is a part is born from that they use that religion right they use that white supremacist abrahamic ideology um to basically justify the economic violence that impacts us and so because we are black trans people and because we have so often been invited to um these you know these retreats and have you know mm -hmm. we were like we wanted to make it very different and it was a few days of a bunch of us together about 17 of us i believe 17 or 18 of us together like yeah. um and we you know we did we did some workshops we did some meditations um and we ate together right we had family dinners 
Um, and it was beautiful. And, and and I mean, of course, before there, right, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of me and Mace um, crying, encouraging one another because there were a lot of funders um, pre-2019, right, who didn't quite understand why this book was important. And when I say they didn't understand why this book was, import was important, I'm saying that they intentionally operated from a white supremacist ideological framework, um, which told them that we are only worthy of being loved um, when, they're, when they are the white savior. Mm -hmm. And so this book, this book, right, um, this book says that, that it holds white people accountable, right, by virtue of centering Black trans people. And it allows for us um, to celebrate center level on ourselves and also call for accountability. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was first, right? All of the, you know, in the writing of the grants and the... And, and that took two and a half years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Two and a half years to get that yeah. money. Yep. And then the retreat. And then after the retreat, we got more contributors, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we applied for more grant money because it was always our desire to, to see more, um, to, I don't want to say see, that feels so ableist, to, um, to have the space, which is the book, be filled with more people. Um, so then we had, you know, we had a little mini meeting, you know, with those folks, we did one-on-ones, um, and I mean, that was essentially like the short of the long, even though that was very long. Of yeah. yeah, and just like, you know, within that, so even as Dane's talking about, you know, as we, you know, raise money for this retreat, you know, I don't know about anybody else on this, uh, on this live, I don't know about anybody else who's watching has been part of an anthology or anything like that, but the most I've ever been paid for like an anthology was like $100 at that. Usually what you get paid is like a copy of the book, right? Like that's usually what we do. Yeah. And so when Dane's saying we got this stuff, we wanted to make sure people's stuff was paid for, we paid our contributors anywhere between 500 to $1,000, right? Depending on where they, like if they were at the retreat, they like, they got $1,000 plus their food and stuff and their housing paid for. If they were just doing it remotely, we gave people $500. And we, that, so that's why it took that much time for us to raise that money and telling funders who wanted to only fund us if we could be giving them only sob stories and not stories about healing, right? right. Um, and trying to get folks to say that black trans people's healing is important. Um, it took so many tears and saying that we wanted to pay people equitably there are so many people that do not believe that we deserve a fair paycheck and saying that one right. of three black trans people makes less than $10,000 a year, right? And that we know that this is not just about the book, it's about us sustaining each other, right? That took a lot, a lot of energy, a lot of yeah. uh, coaching up to funders and talking to them about what their actual responsibilities were and where especially LGBT funders got their money from and where it needs to return. And a lot of fighting and a lot of reading honey a lot of reading we had one funder who was shady boots baby when i tell you this, this funder is... was shady we did three rounds of a motherfucking rant and this motherfucking funder was shady boots and i told mace the first after the first meeting i said these people ain't trying to give us that money and they kept saying oh we we just want y'all to resubmit we don't and they had the audacity to say to us we don't understand how this pertains to gender justice For those on the podcast, we're all making faces right now. <laughs> and when I tell you, I said, I said, oh, baby. <laughs> I said, you know what? It's good. We're going to get this money. I said, we all get right. to a point one day, me and Dane, we got, um, 
a funder gave us more money than what we asked for. Like we were asking yeah. for a specific set of money and they gave us more. They, I think they like doubled it. Like it was yeah. like, well, I literally had the sounds fun. I was in tears. I was like, this is like, it's just right. so much energy just trying to get people to think about you as deserving, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you get used to being talked to in all kinds of messed up ways that it sometimes catches off guard when people are like, oh no, we're actually already with you. We're with you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he said a whole word right there. I mean, y'all just been dropping. I mean, this is literally the Black Trans Prayer Book and I feel like we're actually getting sermons from the book right now. Um, <laughs> because I think like when you talk about like the rigor right, that y'all held yourselves, not only yourselves, but you held others to, in terms of saying, this is what we as a people deserve, this is what we deserve for our art, and no, we're not going to cut it to fit your con your, your construct of who we are. Um, I mean, I just think that's like fucking amazing and powerful, and it's such a beautiful model, I think, to witness as artists. Um, as other artists. So um, that's just incredible to see. And, you know, and I think that kind of also speaks to some of the practices that you see weaved into the actual book itself. So um, when I read the book, one of the things that I really loved is the rituals that y'all had um, at the, like, kind of um, bookending the sections, right? Um, and it really kind of made me just fall in love with the text as a whole. Can you tell us a little bit about why it felt important to offer, offer these practices as a part of the anthology? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, so for us, we wanted this to be a tool that people could use right then in the moment, right? So we wanted to, also that we go through so many different things, like maybe you want more liberation, maybe you want more creation story, maybe you want more things about love, right? So we wanted people to be able to choose how they weave through the book. And we also, you know, um, we wanted to be a living document. Like I remember back in the day with my grandmother, she used to like open up her text and she would just point to a scripture. She's like, this is the word of the day, right? So like, this is what I'm, you know, for all the Baptists and Pentecostals in the room, right? Like that's just what it was, right? And so we want people to like be able to open up different parts of this text and find something that speaks to them. We're getting so many messages from people who said, you know, today I flipped to this page, you know, as soon as I got it, and this was the word that I just wanted to live with for the day, or this is the, this is the prayer that came through for me today, or this is, you know, we have everything from, like, I, I did, like, a prayer for TSA stuff and <laughs> going through TSA to uh, people doing uh, uh, prayers around binding and tucking to um, folks doing rituals around their, their kitchen magic and things like that to um, uh, um, songs for sex workers. And, and so we've done, we wanted to make sure that every and any Black, trans, and non-binary person can connect with this text immediately, that they do not need to be, have some sort of ordination that they as a black trans person who manifested themselves in a world that is anti-black, that is trans antagonistic all the time, have know that they have enough power within themselves to divine and discern within the text already. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, and I do remember that. Like, I remember, like, my, my granny would, like, just flip through the Bible and just say, like, this is it. And sometimes they'd be weird texts, too. Like, I'm like... <laughs> But Granny, what? What? How? Huh? <laughs> like I just remember being very confused about why I needed to know about David's wife. But you know, you could have really questioned it at the time, or you, you know, in my house, you would get beat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've got time um, for one more question, and um, before we before we close out this part and we give it back to Cece and Anthony. Um, just know how much gratitude, um, love, and just such a deep honoring I'm holding for y'all in your work. 
Um, I have my own copy of Black Trans Prayer Book. I hope other folks get their copies as well. Um, and so... And they should get it off our site because that's where it's the cheapest. So don't get yeah, off any place yeah. else. Get it off of the Black Trans Prayer Book. That's better word. Way cheaper. Say the <laughs> most affordable. That's what I like uh, that, to say. That's better. That's nice. That is that is very polished. I said ain't nothing cheap about it, baby. Okay. okay. A lot, listen, a lot of energy, time, sweat, tears okay. went into it. Ain't nothing cheap about it, okay? Yeah. So, so my, my last question for y'all, um, and this is for both of you, is just what is your hope for the Black Trans Prayer Book? You know, Mason and I have talked about this before. So I think, you know, one, I think that he, he mentioned earlier that we're working on a documentary, right? So I actually, um, you know, I want us to be able to raise, um, you know, all, you know, more than all the money that we have allotted right for us to be able to really do this documentary because i think that um there are some folks that the documentary could help um there um i think it's super important for the culture for the culture um i think um i really we've also talked about like you know maybe there'd be several editions Right, so this is the first of many. Because I think that, you know, God, if you believe in God, if you believe in the gods, if you believe in the goddess, the Orisha, whoever you would like to, the great spirit, whoever you would like to call the divine mm -hmm. one, right? Um, if you believe in yourself, um, if you believe in ancestors as living, I believe that our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to divinity, our relationship to um, the universe is one that is not um, dead. God is not dead. Um, and I think that what white supremacy has tried to tell us is that, is that God is this stagnant thing. But I believe that as we grow and we expand, that our relationship with God expands. And because of that, it is so deeply important and necessary for us to... Um, for us to be in spiritual space where we are, um, where we are allowed, where we are honored with the words of many divine beings, meaning when I say divine beings, I mean literally black trans people who are divine beings now in this flesh on this earth, who are um, in deep relationship with themselves. And because they're in deep relationships with themselves, they are by virtue in deep relationship with God um, and how they are feeling about that and what they are thinking. And maybe what they have to say can activate some joy, some hope, some healing, um, some fight and others mm -hmm. who are black and trans, some inspiration, mm -hmm. um, some love. Mm. So that is my, that's what I would like to see is I would like to see more additions, um, you know, more contributors, more, uh, more expansion. Yeah. I think um, just even with that piece around, you know, God is not dead, you know, this, that whole stagnation piece, it's like the reality is, is all living things <laughs> grow <laughs> and shift and move and change. And we've very much been that that so I just want to reaffirm that that we've been very much told that just because someone 
2,000 years ago or 200 years ago or their pastor who doesn't actually understand the text, right? But keeps like passing down a very whack theology throughout the generations just because that person couldn't change doesn't mean that our, that our, our hearts, our space, our, our acknowledgement of ourselves can't shift, that God is not also an always uh, ever-expanding presence. I would like for every Black trans and non-binary person from this book, whether you are a person of faith or you've been pushed out of faith spaces, I don't care if you are a Christian, Muslim, Lakumi, Ifa, um, or none of those above, I don't care if you're an atheist, I want this to be a space in which we get to be honest about who we are, and that is magical, that is transformative, that is a very powerful group of people, and I want people who consistently um, use terrible theologies against us. I hope they get to stop lying about who we are. And so uh -huh. we get to take up space and to share theologies and not shy away from stuff. I always tell people like, you can engage me, engage me in a religious conversation. I want you to, okay? I want you to try to trip me up because you can't, okay? Um, I, because it impacts so much of our daily lives, I really want them to stop lying about who black trans people are. Wow, well, thank y'all again so much. Um, just sending so much love to both of y'all. And I'm just going to pass it over to Cece and Anthony. Thank you. I love me some you, child. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so much love. Thank you all so much. It was such an amazing conversation. What a fantastic conversation. Yeah, yeah. Really great to hear this from all three yes. of you. And, and again, thank you, Rodney, for making it possible as well. Um, um, I, can, I can start if you'd like. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, because my question actually relates to that sort of the, the note you all left us on, which is that hearing you talk, so much of what you describe seems to be a trans-Black uh, interfaith practice, um, interfaith practices. And so I would love if you could talk to how that informed your making of the book and your fundraising and making of the documentary, how making sure trans-Black trans -black people across faith and those who don't have a traditional faith uh, how you've made sure they're included in your mission and in your work. Um, yeah, well, so a few different things. I mean, we come from, we both come from multi-faith backgrounds to start out with. So we both were, uh, come from parents who are Christian and Muslim. Uh, Dane being a priestess in the Kumi traditions, right? Myself, sort of a hodgepodge of both Christian and Islam and other ancestor practices, you know, as they speak to me. Uh, so even the idea of inclusion for us, like we don't include nobody, we all at the table together collectively, right? Making decisions, right? And so we intentionally, we're with our community. So these are, these are conversations that we're having with people all the time. We put out a call and we kind of went through and looked like what did, um, did people, where did people feel most connected and what did they want to spend time talking about and sharing with other folks? That's really what we did was we took people, we had a nice range of people. For many of the folks that are in our book, it's the first time they've been published, right? Uh, for some of them, they've been published all the time. For some of them, they are ordained leaders in some sort of tradition, right? And so again, we kind of did, we made sure that we got people who weren't necessarily already, um, heralded by some religious tradition, but people that, you know, understood their need to, to claim space and spiritual practice, right? So I would say that was more of our, our intentional piece. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Dana, if there's other ways that you wanted to add to that, or did that oh, make sense? No, I think that was great. And I mean, like, I just want to reiterate, right, that like, even if you, even if you are atheist, you are impacted by, yes. you are, if you are a Black trans person, even 
even if you are an atheist, you are impacted by by religious violence, mm -hmm. religious-based violence. Because yeah. I mean, when we think about colonization, right? Um, what you know, white people did was is that they part of the violence that happened, right? Is that they used the Bible to justify that violence. It still happens that you still use today, right? Today. Right now, still <laughs> happens today. Oh. Um, and so I think that it's 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 imperative for us to, um, you know, it's like okay, you know, you don't necessarily in this moment have to have an opinion about whether God exists or not. But there are white people and there are lawmakers right now on Capitol Hill who are. Um, using their Bible to attempt to justify their um, trans antagonism, their transphobia. And to me, just for people that might be uh, watching, might be listening, uh, might be in the chat, all of that, right? I want to be very clear. If you've ever heard someone say the word religion and you're tensed up, or you got angry, or you glazed over, right? You're having a trauma response to religion, yes. right? And Correct. so because Correct. that response, like, so even just like I see, I'm seeing all y'all move, right? I'm watching, observing, all y'all move when I'm saying that, because we've all felt that. We didn't necessarily have language for it. And so right. I, want to, I want, and I know Dane wants, we all want, we all have language for it, and you have a right to get rid of it. You have Absolutely. a right to not have that tension and Absolutely. to have spaces to heal from that and particularly black trans folks, right? Absolutely. I also, you know, part of it too, right, is that like, when I hear the word, oftentimes when I, when I, you know, when I'm watching people get into fights, right, online about, you know, religion, when they say religion is bad, right, they're generally talking about the Abrahamic traditions. Mm -hmm. And like, there are so many more religions than that, right? Yes. Um, and so I think part of it too, for me, right, is that like, you know, in, in indigenous cultures, Black, you know, trans, who we now call trans people, right, um, were revered, were essential, were loved, were honored, were were um, oftentimes holders of deep spiritual magic, right, and and, and power and prominence, um, and that it was by design that when colonizers um, colonized <laughs> the world, they intentionally went after trans people intentionally mm -hmm. and so part of it for me too is that like i you know um our spiritual identity existed before um a white supremacist religion a religious idea of what of what faith is mm -hmm. um and you know there's so many traditions where baby eating a good eating a good meal baby is spiritual Listen. Okay. Listen. Yeah, just even having practices to go through like, your day, like in so many different, like a lot of our practices in that book don't necessarily talk about any kind of deities or anything like that, right? Because we do have people that don't necessarily believe in God that are that are atheists that are also part of this book, right? That's great. Thank you both so much for that. Cece? Uh, so my question is kind of a question that's about uh, expanding or maybe uh, 
maybe you guys are already expanding this already, but I'm interested if either one of you have thought about teaching um, this book. I don't know. And I don't think necessarily, um, I don't know if schools would be open to this sort of thing, but I'm always thinking about when I hear um, re revolutionary texts, I'm always thinking about how younger people can get access to the information and whether or not you all are thinking about, um, maybe you're thinking about having small workshops or maybe you're gonna, you know, maybe you have access to, uh, you know, spaces that are non-religious where you could, you know, I'm just sort of wondering if you're thinking about expanding, you guys have already talked about a documentary that's already an expanse from the idea from the book, but if you guys are thinking about any educational sort of ideals. Yeah, so we've actually done a few different workshops as we release, because like we said earlier, that for this book, it, you know, this has been a process, like this is like now three and a half year point, you know, that we yeah. were almost four years that we've been working on this text together, right? And so we've done everything from uh, workshops on survivorship, right? Theologies of survivorship from this book and like the sort of pretext from this book to taking out specific characters and talking about accountability to talking about sacred sex work and all these different things. Uh, so we're very interested in doing workshops with, we've done that both in religious as well as secular and non-religious spaces. And we foresee that continuing on, right? So we, a lot of, I think for even many of us, how we learned to do social justice came from our faith spaces, right? And right. so we're very invested in meeting people in all kinds of places to kind of continue this learning. Um, yeah, so if people, if people are listening, watching, engaging right now today, we right. will, you know, it's also because of the pandemic, we're doing everything digital. So yeah. we can come to you real easy. So you, you let us know where to be and we yeah. will be there. Okay. And we've talked <laughs> about, right, we've talked about often with um, spiritual spaces that we have um, been in that, um, you know, everyone who's in this book, right, are, are experts on um, are experts on spirituality, mm -hmm. um, and that the the way that the system works, right, is that it says, "Oh, you you're published in something. Now we can, you know, now we can turn our gaze to you, right? G A Z E for anyone at home who's listening." <laughs> um, and so, because I like the gays, uh, no, the gays with a Z. The gays um, and the gays, okay, the gays and, and uh, the gays. Okay. <laughs> and so it was also important for us to, um, to be able to be like, look at all of these contributors, right? Like, look at them, hire them, book them, <laughs> they are published. Um, and they've been doing this work many of them for very many years so um yeah fantastic yeah that that answers my question because when you guys begin to talk, especially Lady Dane, in your expertise about African traditions and indigenous uh, traditions, I know specifically many of the things that you talk about, a lot of the public is not educated on. So that's, what, that's why I'm particularly interested in broadening the conversation and thinking about spirituality, um, not just in a uh, you know, a traditional Christian, uh, you know, Western sort of theology. So I think it's really important that um, you get this work out, that you really, you know, broaden the work as wide as possible. So thank you guys for that. Yeah, you know, there are, you know, there are temple hymns in there to, uh, you know, Yamaya, right? right. Like mm -hmm. I- The Orishas, right. Right, so I'm like, you know, everybody talking about the Orishas now, right? Cause Black is King came out. So, uh, <laughs> cause Lemonade. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Not till Beyonce says it. Is it real? There it is. 
and I think just what, that even goes back to our process because we did spend some intentional prayer time putting this book together. So y'all, we prayed, <laughs> we prayed, we specifically chose and said, this is who we're going to speak to. Every time we talk about this book, this is who we're going to thank. This is what, who we're laying out libations for. This is who we're leaving offerings for. That's why there's a dedication to Yamaya in the book, right? There's, there it is. You know, these things. That's so better from Yamaya, baby. Okay. That's, That's better from Yamaya. <laughs> yes. Um, so you mentioned the best place to buy the book is on the website. That's yes. the blacktransprayerbook.org. Um, you also mentioned that your um, fundraising for the documentary um, if people want to learn more about that or contact you with bookings or they want to chip in, whether individually or steer organizational funds your way, is that the best place to, to track you down or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. And the contact form on there goes to both of us. So you can definitely reach us. Um, there, our email is the black book at gmail.com. But again, you can just go to the website and you can just hit that contact form. It goes right to our email. We'll both get it and we'll respond to you within 48 hours. And we have a donate button too, right? We have a donate yes, button. Yes, we have a donate that. button. We have a GoFundMe up so people can do that. Um, yeah. So that. Awesome. Everyone, as we're closing out, we have a question in the chat box here. So I'd like to Yes, there we go. I'd like to read out the question here. Uh, the question for both uh, Jay Mace and Lady Dane. Uh, what is something you learned about yourself as you created this book? It's a very simple question. What is something that you learned about yourself? Maybe that people get on your nerves sometimes or yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, speaking as someone, no, I'm joking. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just asking anything, anything at all that you would like to mention that you learned about yourself uh, while creating this book as a process. I think that for myself, uh, I think I learned a lot of patience. Because <laughs> like, usually I'm like, oh, this project. And usually if I would come to day, like, let's do this project. Like that could be done in like a year. So it's like the fact that this took a few years to kind of actually wow. get off the ground. Yeah. I think that also, you know, it's been a blessing just to collaborate with Dane like we've you know we've known each other for a number of years we've been friends for a number of years like we talk almost every day like you know we're not just working together we like we just also enjoy being in each other's presence yeah. and so just even knowing that you have the kind of collaboration and collaborative partner that you get up and talk to every single day and connect with every single day um, that is so valuable because I think a lot of this work we end up doing in silos um, when we don't know what are green lights to say like this is actually a person I can connect with on this level because uh, that is a very serious relationship to enter into with someone like outside of your romantic partners outside of your friendships to say like i'm <laughs> gonna build this this thing with you this piece of history with you you know and that we're gonna do this and still love each other after the process because stuff can get real you know <laughs> yeah yes i learned um i learned how important being in community with uh with of course a person right but um many people who um, are not only invested in your survival, but in your thriving. Mm -hmm. And so there were very many times mm -hmm. when um, y'all, I was tired. I was tired and it wasn't that I wanted to give up, but I just was like, I just, I'm like trying to figure out um, how to make the thing happen that we need to have happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I mean, like, people also don't understand that, like, when you are producing something or you're editing something, sometimes you're up at all hours of the night, y'all. And that was before yeah. we really started talking about rest as reparations. Right? <laughs> <laughs> publicly, touring. publicly. And touring during this time. We weren't even on the same time zones yeah. all the time. Like, it's just... Yeah. Wow. And so, like, you know, there would be moments 
moments where like I literally would just be like I am exhausted mm-hmm. and I and I need some encouragement and and there would be times when he would say I am exhausted and I need some encouragement and what that taught me is that like it is possible for us to really create this world that we are talking about right oftentimes in theory um but never really um no, I don't want, I don't want to say it like that, that we're talking about oftentimes in theory, um, but don't realize that we're also modeling, mm-hmm. right? Which is a world of um, community, restorative justice, love, a world free of um, oppression that is perpetuated interpersonally, right? We can, we can talk about systemic, right? That's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. But I think that like, you know, model, model the type of relationships that you're demanding of the world. Mm. Mm. And so I learned that it was possible to have that um, with another person. That's beautiful. That's the, that, that is a perfect, I feel like, closing. Uh, we don't have any more questions here in our box. I think that's a wonderful and beautiful way to end um, this conversation. Uh, thinking about, I love that your phrase, rest is reparations. I love that. <laughs> I love that's, from the, that's from the NAT ministry, right? The NAT ministry, talk about that. Yeah. It's the yeah. NAT ministry, right? Oh, okay, shout, okay. shout out the NAT ministry, Andy. Oh, okay. Shout out to NAT ministry. Doing that work. <laughs> There we go. Shout them out. Shout them out. <laughs> well, thank you. Like I said, everyone, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you, Saida, for being a wonderful, a wonderful host and and and, and poet extraordinaire. Uh, and uh, we also want to thank Outright again. Like I said, it's been a wonderful uh, way for us to celebrate, uh, kick off the literary festival. And I don't know, Anthony, is there anything else we need to cover before we go? There's, there should be links to everyone's uh, Instagram, Twitter, I don't know, all those things, website, where you can buy the book, buy, buy, please, please, please go and purchase the book. I don't have the website uh, it, at the top of my head, but I'm sure uh, either Dane or Mace could uh, say the website one more time just to reiterate. Theblacktransprayerbook.org. So theblacktransprayerbook.org. That's it, folks. And if yeah. you are someone who's listening to this podcast and you and you have access to lots of money, if you are in the if you are in what they call the ten percent or the one percent, I invite you. I invite you to you know pull out your wallet. And just go ahead and sow a seed. There it is. A monetary seed of thanksgiving, yes. of um, of celebration, of communal investment, um, of, 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 um, of, of, how do they say, of, you know, reappropriating some funds. Listen. Um, if you are in the 1% or 10% or close to it, if you are white, go on and sow that seed. Press that donate button. Thank you so much. Well, thank you everyone for being here. We're going to close out on that note. I, I think, oh, oh, we also want to uh, thank our interpreter, Rodney, here, who's, yeah. doing our, who's doing our wonderful interpretation, who has been fantastic today. So we're very excited about that. We want to thank everyone out there for listening. We hope you enjoy the conversation and that you will purchase, look, <laughs> and that you will put your, put your money where your, where, your, where your thoughts are. Come through with that. Yes. Thank, thank you, everyone. Inshallah. Thank you. Thank you, y'all.
That's it, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Outright yeah, 2020 so virtually. Much. It's been great. We really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed the conversation. And as always, we're always encouraging you to like us on social media. Smash we're, that like button. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Lip Pop yeah. Bang. Um, tell your friends about us. Uh, tune in next month. We have more interesting guests coming up uh, towards the end of this year who you'll really love. And that's it for us. So signing off from Outright 2020 virtually, I'm Cece. And I'm Anthony. And this is Lit Pop Bang. <laughs>